Hey, what's going on? It's Doug Cunnington here, and this is The Doug Show. I am going to be talking to Craig and Carrie from Tandem Consulting, and I just met them, so this is going to be sort of a educational process here. And how are you two doing today? We're doing great. We just yeah. got out of the pool area, so we're uh, we're having fun and uh, enjoying the warm weather in Wisconsin during our short period of warm weather, I think. <laughs> so... We yeah. were with our kids at the pool. Yes. So. Very cool. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Are you guys getting hot weather right now? Yeah. It's uh, the one time of year where it's hot. I think we get about 60 days and that's about it. So it is It is. Uh, it is. going to end. So we got to savor every every uh, minute. In fact, we were just at our lake house for like a week and um, that's even further north. So hot is like starts to get very relative. It's all relative. Yes, yeah. Yes. All right. Yeah. I'm in the Boulder area. It's hot here. It's about 100. So it's, it's dry though. I bet it's humid there, right? Extremely. Okay. I don't like that very much, but anyway, soak up the sun while you can. All right. I don't know you two at all. So can you give us a little bit of an intro? Who are, you know, both of you and what do you do? Yeah. Thanks for, uh, thanks for asking that. Uh, so I have a background in finance economics, got out of college and did the job thing, right. And, uh, got the, the, the good, good career going with Deutsche Bank and then GE Capital. Um, but just really early on realized that if I wanted to live a, an exciting life or a life like <laughs> that I wanted, uh, that I couldn't rely solely on a job. And so thus 22, 23 years old begins the journey of entrepreneurship our business ownership, bought a condo, you know, started investing in the stock market, enrolled in MBA school. But like the challenge with all those things is they weren't really scalable unless you have a lot of capital, right? As, as you know, and affiliate marketers understand probably why they're not in the big real estate game or buying commercial properties consistently, typically, right? And so uh, there was just this frustration that set in. And um, I was fortunate enough to run into some other business owners and entrepreneurs who'd built companies, you know, really leveraging, you know, several different systems to drive revenue online. Um, And that uh, got me going. And I finally found people who actually created success. And we we talk a lot about this is that it's like, who you know, and who you affiliate with has a deep impact. And a lot of people are trying to go out and build successful businesses, affiliate marketing, SEO, I mean, whatever industry, but then they don't actually get people who are experts and like take their help and, and get mentored. And so that relationship made all the difference for us. Um, and through them, uh, I met uh, this woman sitting next to me here. So maybe she can share share a touch from her side. Yeah. So I actually have a pretty different background than Craig, which makes us a fun, fun, wide spectrum range of expertise here. But I actually studied sociology and women's studies. So liberal studies background, I had never, ever considered business. I hadn't even heard of a side hustle or that terminology. Um, But I was about to graduate, realized fairly quickly going into the teaching realm that I had really put all my eggs in one basket. And that when I really thought about what type of life I actually wanted to live long term, and then I compared it to the path of teaching and only having one way to make money, that there was like not a lot of intersection And so I became pretty open-minded at that point, started to assess like, what are my options? What are practical options that I could start like next month or tomorrow versus like 10 years from now and not having really any business skills or acumen, having very little confidence as like a new aspiring business owner, I had to be pretty realistic with, with what I could utilize. So similar to Craig, I met some coaches out of the Chicago area and they really started to teach me some systems and methodologies and really mindset around how to scale something really part-time 
and I, I call myself more of a moderate entrepreneur. Neither Craig or I are like the Elon Musks of the world or the Mark Zuckerbergs, but more, hey, like let's let's take some part-time hours compounded over some years and like really start to hack away at the work and build something that's more long-lasting and significant versus just like creating some extra commissions and like having a second job. Right. Go so ahead. then yeah, I'll just add on from, from there, we were able to build our first business up to about a million in revenue. Carrie stepped away from corporate. Uh, we scaled that to about 3 million uh, and then also started coaching and public speaking and helping other people do that really around aspiring business owners. Like, hey, you've got your day job, but like, how do you do it for real on the side? <laughs> Not just like play around and make a little extra cash, right? And so then we uh, scaled that to, I think, about three quarters of a million or so in revenue. And then from there, started to get into investments, real estate, commercial real estate. Um, and we have relationships that we do affiliate marketing for probably, like legitimately, probably about five or six different companies that compensate us for the relationships we have, the people we know as we bring in leads, they know that we qualify them well, and it just helps people. And then they don't pay us until it happens. So I feel like affiliate marketing from that perspective, but not necessarily the online perspective, but from the way we've done it more is such a smart thing. And I think we even put a little section in our book where it's like, we could write a whole book just on this alone. <laughs> <laughs> so if that's where you want to go with this conversation, we're happy to, to go there or, or, or not. Um, but really what creating those systems of income has allowed us to do is step away from corporate and really have control over time and chase our passion projects like um, you know, starting a nonprofit, writing a book, and, you know, starting a podcast, like stuff that's fun and, you know, being with our kids and, and each other. So, um, so we feel really blessed. We love paying it forward. Um, two main things we do. One is we have a book out, which is great. Uh, and then the other way that we help people is if someone's in a space where they're like, Hey, I really want to do something significant outside of my career, but I don't know how, I don't have a great idea. Like, can you help me? And that's where we can provide people some systems and frameworks to do such. Um, that we've helped other people successfully utilize. So, Perfect. I, I want to rewind to some of those earlier sure. days. So how long yeah. were each of you working a corporate job while you were side hustling and, and growing the, you know, the, the first business? Myself a handful of years. And you, you frequently say I walked out of corporate, but I was a teacher. So I was never actually really in the corporate yeah, world. Sorry. I actually worked with small children <laughs> in a, a preschool setting. Um, but yeah, a handful of years of like kind of burning the candle at both end of, ends of the stick. Um, Craig, it took longer because he made a lot more money than me in my teaching career. Um, but that was a really neat fight is like, how do we help replace Craig's six-figure income? Um, and for multiple years, you were banking 110% of your income. So I like to tell the math people. Yeah. So I was in commercial banking for about 15 years. I worked for GE, BMO Harris. I got to do some really cool stuff, but all the while just hammering the side hustles, we replaced the income. And after a couple of years of banking the income so we could be financially secure, then we stepped away. Um, then I stepped away and joined Carrie in the, in the frolics of freedom. Um, but I think one of our messages to people is if you're a couple, especially, it doesn't take a ton of income to replace one person's job or a partial portion of it mm -hmm. and then keep the benefits and have that stable income from someone else. So um, Carrie, we were able to do her relatively quickly. And had I been more of a real entrepreneur, I consider ourselves kind of like an ambivert, like, like a lot of people aren't like hardcore and a lot of people aren't like, I want to work in a cube the rest of my life. Right. And so I'm more in that middle range banker conservative. So had I been more hardcore, I probably could have done it a lot faster, but, uh, but we're very blessed for, for what we have for sure. 
And I'm glad that you guys are pointing that out because I really don't identify as an entrepreneur either. I have an engineering background and did the corporate stuff as well. And my wife and I are really conservative, exactly what you're talking about. And we see the headlines and it's like, oh, you know, grow a, you know, eight, 10 figure business. And I'm thinking, well, I'm I'm not that aggressive. I don't need that much money. I don't right. think so. It, it's good to bump into people who s- seem reasonable as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, and and that that's our thing. It's like number one, you don't want to go through life with one way to make money. Like that's just silly in the twenty first century. Like don't do that, right? So, but then it comes down to well, what do I do? And people so focus on the what, and I don't think there's enough emphasis on like well, who already is successful, who already lives the way you want to live. There's lots of what's. I mean, I don't know too many people who are super passionate about SEO search or network marketing or, or marketing, affiliate marketing or sales. They just want to use it as a tool to create a great yeah. life. Right. And so that's, you know, a really, practical tool. Yeah, yeah. That's what our, that's kind of what our uh, platform is and our book is about and, and what we speak about when we, when we do public speak pre COVID. <laughs> so it took about 15 years for everyone to, you know, get out of whatever job they had before. What was that early job or sorry, the early company? Um, So what we did is we used actually a hybrid because, because again, I didn't have any original ideas. So we used a hybrid of direct sales and affiliate marketing. We created a, basically a system that we like to leverage as independent franchising where we play off of some platforms, but we're able to do it in a more professional, like long-term way and actually drive revenue two firms. So um, that's pretty much what we did. We called it Click Global, but we were basically an independent contractor with several different firms that we drove revenue to and it worked out quite well. And we still have, you know, I, what I call progressive passive income. So it's not fully passive, right? But it's not, it's definitely not active where it's like, Hey, there's just a little maintenance to it. And, you know, we make pretty decent revenue from that for many, many years now. So. All right. And how many employees did you have in that company? So we had zero. We did everything um, just by driving the revenue and creating it in a way where there's systems, right? And things get a little more passive. Um, so yeah, we never we didn't have an employee until we hired our live-in nanny, actually. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we've been we've been kind of blessed that way, um, just because. Th- here's what a lot of people think: they need to have this original idea. They need to be super creative. They need to build something from scratch. It's like, no, there are so many people who make income off subscriptions or driving revenue or whatever it is. Franchise. Um, buy a franchise. Like there's, you can buy a, a traditional franchise for like 30, 40, 50 grand, you know, even $10,000 for some of the cleaning franchises out there. So like, there's just so many systems. And I think people over underestimate that and they focus on like, something they're passionate about, which is okay, but you don't have to be passionate about something. You don't have to have an original idea. We, we haven't really done anything that original, to be honest. So I mean, maybe the book, writing the book is original maybe, but go, <laughs> go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. So can you, let, let's talk about systems a little bit and yeah, uh, maybe sure. you have an example where either you were able to implement a system for things that you were working on, or maybe one of the people that you coached. So I'll I'll just kind of leave it open and I'll let you tell that story. Yeah. So um, for example, right now, uh, this is is in process of playing out. We're helping co-found like a tech company in the the automation space. 
And one of the things that we're big fans of is actually having the investors be affiliates, right? So the investors come on, they become affiliates. We can set up a system where they're now tracking and driving leads. And as they do that, we'll just track it and then we'll pay them on the backside. And so we train them once they kick in the leads and then that system produces ongoing revenue. And in this case, they're also investors. So it's like they want the company to win. So it creates just this huge win. And then everybody's like on the same team, right? And so I guess the system in, in these cases, and I would encourage a lot of people to set up these types of relationships with folks that are good, that you trust, is an affiliate program and you just pay them when they produce. And if they don't produce, you just don't pay them. And it works out really well. So, you know, if you say, uh, hey, Craig, everyone, you refer to my podcast or, you know, whatever of the other businesses you have, I'll give you something, you know, why not? Like, why wouldn't you have relationships like that in place? So that's an example of like an affiliate program that is a system as well um, that are actually pretty, pretty simple and clean and straightforward. Care, does anything come to your mind on that? Well, and I was just going to add that like, both ends of the spectrum, both parties have been fully vetted. So it's just this very clean referral process where you can feel really good from both the consumer end and the, the vendor end that people are going to be getting a good product and that the person on the receiving end is going to be like a good client and ultimately refer a lot of traffic themselves. And if you don't, if you don't need the money, then you'll do the referral out of you think it'll actually help that person, Right. And so then your leads are more filtered, they're vetted, and it, it creates like a really nice um, harmonious type relationship. So I think anybody, no matter what you do, you could start looking at relationships that you could open up uh, like that and say, hey, if you kick in leads, I'll give you 10% after. Don't, don't pay people until the revenue hits though. Right. Don't, don't do it early. Well, and even with like the VA that I started working with, she didn't have an affiliate program in place. And I just laid down like, Hey, this is why this makes sense. If you're up for it, I can definitely work to kick in some leads, especially after I've worked with you for a couple months and I've seen you produce and I've seen your work. Um, we've done that with, you know, our podcast firm, like the list really goes on and on. Yeah. It's just, you build good yeah. relationships with strong professionals and you can truly amplify the heck out of everybody's revenue really as a win-win. Do you have any recommendations for people that maybe they have a, a website or some business, a way to make the referrals, but there's not an existing affiliate program, but there's a company that maybe they want to work with. Do you have any suggestions on how people could approach uh, a bigger company to make those referrals? Yeah. Um, relationships, individual relationships, right? Um, so if you just try to approach the company cold, it's fine. Like sometimes you can get in that way, but if you can develop relationships, um, we're, we're big fans and we use LinkedIn a lot. Um, and a lot of, a lot of people on social don't, and th that you don't have to, but if you're looking at corporations, LinkedIn is sometimes better because there's that higher end professional who works there. And if you're producing content, if you can create a relationship, set up a virtual coffee, I mean, just get that going, then they can start to get to know you. And instead of trying to do this, like, I'm going to close, I'm going to close, I'm going to close. It's like, no, just create a real genuine relationship, produce authentic content. I mean, do those types of things. People will get to know you, they'll come to trust you, and then they will be excited to do business with you because they know your integrity and what you're about. Um, and then that will work for you. But if you're just going to try to cold call and say, hey, here's my pitch for my affiliate program. And they're like, who are you? How do we know you're good? We already have clients. I want to refer them to you. What are you going to do with them? Right. 
So I think it's like a slow sale. It's a relationship based like process versus a, um, I'm going to go get a bunch of affiliates tomorrow. Um, now, if you sell widgets, like if you manufacture widgets and it's a very simple like transactional process, okay, maybe a little different, right? But in general, it's, it needs to be a little more dynamic than that. Well, and a big piece of it is just build a big network, right? Because yes. a firm, why would a firm want to have you become invested on some level? Because they believe you have influence and you have a large network. So become a good consumer of a business. Like if you want to be an affiliate, like use their product or service, <laughs> promote them for free a little bit, show them that you've got, you know, good sway and that you can actually bring in revenue. And then, yeah, let them show them the results that you've already created. Yeah, I mean, I, I think in our case, and, and we don't get compensated for this, but um, the financial planning firm that we know, I mean, we probably referred 60 clients there and like every single one, like 90% that meet with them, 95% become clients because we know how to refer them. We know how to vet the client. We know that they're the right fit and we've promoted, edified that person really well. And it's like that equity comes back to you, right? right. Like if you refer 50 people to a financial planning firm, like they there's equity, there's trust. Right. And so, um, yeah, we, we were, I was looking for a round of investors on something else. And I, I called one of the guys that I know and he's like, Oh, if you're doing it, like, just let me know where to write the check. Right. And <laughs> so I've, we've been blessed to have several relationships like that. Um, so I guess relationship, maybe not the answer people want to hear. Right. Um, right. But, but uh, right. It's not the quick fix. It's not the quick fix, but that's, that's like one thing that, uh, what we've done, I guess we can speak to with integrity. Right. Well, and that's, that's really the right way to do it. Speaking of LinkedIn, uh, I don't spend much time there. It looks like uh, Facebook for professionals these days. And I just see a lot of garbage most of the time. So I yeah. got a connection the other day. I was like, oh, okay, that's fine. They look professional. And then they immediately pitched me like, hey, do you want warm leads? And I like, get, get out of here. So that was bad. And then I blocked the person and they were, they were like, well, why don't you want to work with me? And I didn't know who they were. They obviously didn't even do any research about what I do because yeah. uh, the, their question was just completely off. So, so anyway, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, no, please don't do that. And like what I, if you are on LinkedIn, here's how we handle that. We just ignore it. Cause I don't want the time of like blocking and going back. Like, just, I don't need, I mean, unless it's like harassment, then that's different. But like, right, if right. it's just someone sending me a random message, I just disregard it. Cause I don't want to invest the time into fixing that. But there are a lot of authentic relationships you can build. Um, but it's like that on any platform, you know? So. Yep. Yeah. Marketers abuse stuff and then ruin it for yeah. everyone. Okay, cool. <laughs> that's that's kind of how it goes. All right. So you have several companies and, and things that you're working on, right? So actually, can you lay it out? How, how many projects and companies and nonprofits and things are you working on? <laughs> uh, good question. We're, we're probably an affiliate for about five or six different firms. Um, and so they, we just drive revenue or, or, or create relationships. And we don't even really like, it's not like we sit down for a week and say like, who are we going to drive to X, Y, Z next this week? It, it's just like, we just live in our life. Right. Um, so those create sources of revenue. We have our, our initial revenue we built where we drive revenue online using, you know, direct sales and then affiliate marketing. That's kind of consolidated revenue. Um, so we do that probably, you know, 10 hours, 15, 20 hours a week, depending on the week. Right. Um, and then we also have some rental property, some short-term rental property uh, that we have. 
Um, so that's, that's nice. That doesn't require a lot of work. We outsource it. So we don't have a lot of time, but that drives revenue. There's always a little thing to do here and there. Like we've got to buy a stand up paddleboard soon for the lake house. Right. Um, but like tough pretty, work, tough, tough work. Uh, and then we have a, uh, the public speaking wing where we do that. Then I do some financial, uh, coaching and consulting. Occasionally Carrie will do ad hoc, uh, social media consulting specific more to LinkedIn. Um, and then we have our book, uh, which is another source of revenue, right? Uh, we have our nonprofit, uh, we have our podcast, and I think uh, our commercial real estate investing, as well as our regular investing. The tech firm. The tech, and oh yeah, and the tech firm we're founding. Yeah. So did I did I ping all those? That's that's it. But here here's what's neat though is like we have enough passive base income where we're not running around doing a lot of those things with paranoia. We're doing it because like we want to, or there's a big opportunity or it challenges us, you know? Um, and that's where I think a lot of people should get the base income. Cause there's a, there's a danger in entrepreneurship. If you're always, we call it the serial S E R I E I A L serial, like side hustler, right? They're like always hopping from one thing to the next. And so it's like first build something decent, then like expand out from there um, would be our mindset. I don't know if that helps, but it, it's, I'm being a little vague on certain things, but I'm just trying to give you the full suite. So that's perfect. So, well, before we go deeper, uh, with the stand up paddle board, are you looking for <laughs> an inflatable or are you getting, no, that just okay. looks so cheap and chintzy, you know, like they say they're good, but I just, I couldn't get myself to buy one of those. Yeah, no, I think the non, we need the real, we need the real deal, but we didn't want to spend like two grand. If it's a rental house, you're just like, Oh, and it's right. a little lake. Okay. It's not like there's waves. It's, it's a just, baby lake. It's a baby lake. So it's like. Okay. And I think yeah. with the inflate, I'm not a huge stand-up paddleboard. I, I've I've been on a few. You've been around. I, uh, we used to live in Montana and I know th there were some nice lakes, but you kind of had to hike to them, you know? So some people mm. would have the inflatable backpack deal and then they could oh, go cool. kind of be in a really kind of remote lake and get out there. So. Okay. That's yeah. amazing. I'm awesome. just picturing that. Beautiful. Yeah. So how many employees now? So back, back then you said, you know, not, not very many. So I just want to confirm still just you two, right? Yep. How do you divide up the work and how is it working <laughs> together? A and if we need to, I can have you each answer uh, separately and you could do earmuffs. Earmuffs. <laughs> We, we have enough going on together that we don't need earmuffs or we wouldn't have gotten this far, I think. <laughs> True. Right? So why don't you talk, Kara? Because I've been like hammering some of these, I feel like. Yeah. I mean, in terms of divided workload, I think we both naturally have a pretty strong strength zone that very early on was identified. You know, Craig has a very strong background in financial analysis. I'm a much more relational person you know, big into coaching and education. So I think we found our lane and then to the best we could, and it was a learning process, like really tried to stay in our lane and leverage one each other's, one another's strengths and not be irritated about the things we suck at, which is abundant. I mean, that's part of entrepreneurship is you're not going to be good at everything. And, and, and a I'm, lot of people- And I'm people, particularly bad at a lot of things, so. <laughs> and so a lot of people, they do need to outsource and find employees, but we've been actually able to just play off of each other because we do have such a wide range suite of skills. Um, but no, there's definitely been frustration, irritation. Writing a book with somebody is tough and writing a book by yourself is also tough, but for different reasons. 
And so actually one of the chapters of the book was supposed to be about how to like build a side hustle with a significant other. It didn't quite make the cut. So it might be a second book. We'll see. But we do feel pretty passionate about teaching and speaking to that because I think more and more couples do want to run in the same direction and not, not be in completely separate you know, non-overlapping industries. And we feel like it's really enriched our home life and our family life. It's made it harder in certain ways, but to like succeed and be able to fail together is a pretty special thing. And I think even just this last week, we've had some like weird situations pop up that were tough. And like, it's definitely made me feel more unified and more bonded as a couple to be able to get through hard things together and like strategize and, and stay, stay unified. So that's been really special. Um, but in terms of allocated time, like everything we've built is really a side hustle and very part-time. So week to week, it's like, what are the goals? What are the most high priority, urgent things we need to do? And how do we both like stay high integrity and high, high accountability to those items so that we can actually trust one another to be able to interdependently work versus one, one of us being in like a managerial role over the other person. I think we both very much have like an entrepreneurial mindset in terms of getting stuff done, which is super helpful. Yeah. And I think if we could give some advice to people out there, um, and this is Carrie's idea, I'm just going to explain it. Uh, don't, it doesn't have to be binary in the sense that like you're a hundred percent and your spouse is nothing. Like maybe your spouse is in healthcare or teaching and they don't have an interest in entrepreneurship. Doesn't mean they can't do like 1% or 3% support. And then now all of a sudden you're like supporting each other. And when you win, like they feel a part of that. And, you know, I think you put this in the book, but if your spouse can't even effectively explain what you do, then you just lost one of the best marketers you'll ever possibly have. One of your best ambassadors. One really. of your best brand ambassadors, like one of your best like teammates is is now you've, you, you've basically handicapped them, sidelined them. They're not even on the bench. They're just like outside the stadium, like <laughs> wandering around lost. So like figure out ways to enroll your spouse and whatever they might have an interest in. Maybe it's designing a flyer or like, helping with a logo. I mean, it could be anything simply, but like just figure out ways to enroll them somehow. So then you can build things together because otherwise it's like the more success you get affiliate marketing or SEO searching, sometimes the further away it pulls you from your spouse. So, um, however, if you do it with like, how am I going to buy back time? How am I going to create passive or progressive passive income? You can get it back. Uh, You just got to have a clear plan for that. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. You guys seem pretty well adjusted. So nice job. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> well this is this is when we're we're public on a podcast once the bedroom door closes <laughs> that's when the real the real fireworks happen we actually had that in the book too but um i i i just found out about a year year and a half ago i have adhd which i've had it my whole life i just like just got diagnosed just though. got diagnosed right and so it's like carrie's like oh that's why you're such an idiot and you forget everything all the time it's like you do love me it's like yeah i've loved you the whole time i just can't remember where the characters are you know Let's hear a quick word from our sponsor, Ezoic. Leap is a new product that they have. It's replacing the old site speed accelerator, and they're getting rid of the old subscription model that was with the old product. So now, Leap is free. It's 100% free to Ezoic monetization customers. And basically, it's a robust tool set that works perfectly with the Ezoic cloud to deliver core web vital friendly ads. That is a mouthful. So I think I messed up on the cadence, but you get the idea. The thing is here, 
Leap is for Core Web Vitals. It's more than just another optimization tool. It's an entire tool set that eliminates the need for expensive plugins, technologies, and analytics. Right, let me say it again. It eliminates the need for those expensive plugins. I know a lot of people will push specific plugins. A lot of them have uh, really annual fees, but again, Leap is included if you're using the Ezoic monetization. And basically, it makes it possible for all sites using Leap to pass the core web vitals. And the thing is, if you show ads on your site, it's probably going to load slower. But the thing is, core web vitals and Leap they work together well here. So the Ezoic Cloud works with Leap to deliver server-side ads along with the entire page via the new Ezoic Edge so that everything passes Core Web Vitals. This feature is limited to sites integrated with the Ezoic Cloud and it's not available anywhere else. But the thing is, Leap is awesome. They sponsor the show. Ezoic's great to work with. I've been working with them for a few years. So if you are concerned, if you need help with your core web vitals, check out Leap. It could be the right thing for you to do. <laughs> so actually, I'm curious about that. So with the diagnosis have you changed yeah. anything like with the understanding of that? Have you been able to adapt and like use the strengths of that effectively and then get rid of the, the weaknesses? Uh, not get rid of the weaknesses, but try to offset them. <laughs> yes. A million times over. Um, and I don't, I don't know how deep you want me to go on this, but you know, your whole life being told you're dumb, you're an idiot in certain ways, but then being really smart in other ways it like creates this complexity when you're trying to be a business owner or even deal with a relationship. And so once I had that diagnosis and I realized, you know, I took a full fledged, like four hour IQ test or whatever. And they're like, you're pretty smart here. And like, you're kind of mentally handicapped here. So just so you know, it's like, great. Like now I know that um, it's allowed me to have more confidence and like triple down on my strengths. Like just go like, I can do this. I'm really freaking good at this. And like, I'm really bad at that. So I either need to survive somehow or like outsource it or, you know, figure out a way to offset it. And so like my whole life, many of anyone has ADHD might relate to this, but I've lived and worked in basements. And so we just built a basement studio, which you're currently seeing us in, and it has padded ceiling and it's soundproof and it's away from the rest of the family. So Craig doesn't, you know, lose it. doesn't lose it. I tried to work at the lake house and I'm like, we need real doors on this thing, man. Cause I can hear everything. So, um, so yes, it's helped me tremendously, like with my self-confidence and my, my, my belief. Um, I don't even know if we've talked about this as much, but it's like, even with like the tech firm, it's like, there's certain things like I'm really good at this. And when they're like, Hey, can you help with that? It's like, nah, you don't want me to help with that. Like that will, that will be a catastrophe. So yeah. Do you want to expand on that somehow though? Um, because I wonder why you're asking to go deeper there. I mean, is that something that just in terms of strengths and weaknesses or what? Well, I, I was just curious. I don't think I have any touch of ADD or ADHD at all. Yeah. So I'm always yeah. curious because I'll be honest, sometimes actually I was just telling my wife in the last week or so, like, I know some people do actually have a legit diagnosis like you, Craig, but 
other times I, I just think people don't pay attention. They need to focus more. So I, mm-hmm. I can focus like a laser for hours at a time. No, no issue with it. And I may be even describing things incorrectly because I, I have really no understanding of what, you know, what you may have been going through before or what the new understanding right. has brought. So I just, I have no basis to even ask yeah. deeper, but it's super interesting because I know I've had friends who, you know, as adults were diagnosed and then things sort of opened up S- similar to what you're saying. Now they kind of understand why they reacted in certain ways in certain situations. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think we all have strengths and weaknesses. We probably all have ADHD on some spectrum, right? It's just a matter of like how intense, right? I mean, one fun example is we went to Australia for a speaking engagement and we had our neighbor call us saying, you left your Lexus in the driveway unlocked with the car keys in it and on. (laughs) (laughs) On? We didn't didn't leave the state. We didn't leave the, we left the continent. And I was like, ah, oops. So, but that's like a daily occurrence for me. Like that's just sort of normal life over here. Um, Craig's phone will be in the refrigerator, like just kind of wild and crazy stuff that keeps me on my toes. And it is nice to have a formal diagnosis so that, I mean, you've been able to leverage medication. He's been really, really diving into meditation the last year and has a mentor in meditation, which has helped him. I mean, there's been a lot of really cool tools in the tool belt that you've explored as a Mm -hmm. function of having more of a formal diagnosis. So, and I think that's helped us as business partners too. Well, and let's, let's parlay that to like maybe your audience more. Um, yeah, someone might have ADHD or some other learning disability, but like we all have strengths and weaknesses. And so, you know, whether that's taking, you know, different tests, there's a lot of them out there and like figuring out what those are. So then you really can, as a business owner, know like, man, this is going to be hard for me and I'm going to have to do it until I can get an employee. Right. I'm going to have to do it until I can get a a virtual assistant or a wife, right? Whatever the case is. But, um, but then like knowing where you're really good and where you're really strong and trying to figure out how to build something around that core strength Mm -hmm. is important. Very cool. Yeah. I'm glad. Well, it it sounds like things worked out well in that area since you were able to take the test and, and all that stuff. So, okay. So Let's talk about people that have a side hustle started. Maybe they have a little traction. Let's say they're earning between say a thousand to, or sorry, a hundred to a thousand dollars on the side. I I usually work in the online space, but we can leave it sort of open. What suggestions Mm -hmm. do you have for people that want to grow it and, and maybe have it replace an income source like completely. Mm -hmm. So someone could step away from a corporate job, for example, and uh, hopefully, I mean, really we just want freedom and flexibility and that sort of stuff. So people have gotten started. They want to grow bigger. What, what should they do? What should they look at? Uh, So two things come to my top of mind. Number one, invest back in, right? So like if your goal is to make a thousand dollars and your operating costs are 200 and you're netting 800 and you hit your goal, great. But if your goal is to go to 5,000 or 10,000, you have to keep investing time, sweat, energy, love, and money, most likely, right? Um, so that would be one of my big recommendations. And I think that there is a propensity a bunch of business owner at any point to like tighten up, right? It's like, mm-hmm. oh, I, I've my money, but like, 
now I'm making it and I'm, I don't, don't live a lavish lifestyle because if you spend it and you commit to that expenditures, then you can't reinvest it the way you might want. Um, so that's one thing. And then the second thing is uh, find someone who's already done it, who has scaled and pay them money to work for them. I mean, do like offer to do an internship for free, you know, or like do something to get noticed and on their radar and you don't have to scale to like Bill Gates or Warren Buffett or Gary Vaynerchuk, like just go up a couple levels. I'm sure several people can learn a lot from like giving you free, like, I don't know, shoe shines or whatever you're into. Right. And so it's like, just do that. And those two things I think can help you a lot, like substantially go next level. Um, so be my top two. What, what, well, I'm just understanding a lot of people make a hundred to a thousand dollars in their side hustle. So to scale beyond that is like you're kind of the minority in a lot of ways. So just realizing you are going to have to educate, invest in yourself even more. You know, usually if you're going to scale beyond that, you're in a little bit more of a leadership role and potentially need to work on more of your public speaking, your networking capacity, not overlooking like the soft skills that can really make or break and ultimately set you apart from the masses who are creating, you know, a handful hundred dollars a month from what they're doing. Um, and, and, and realizing what, what are the most important investments? A lot of folks get very fixated on the fun parts that they like doing. And a lot of our experience was being willing to do things we didn't always love <laughs> and things we maybe sucked at initially, but with enough focus and refinement and skill development, we were actually able to create a lot more, um, success and results as a function of being willing to do the less glamorous work. And I think with social media, sometimes that's hard because, it's the high, highlight reel. We, we see like the pretty Pinterest worthy pictures and it makes us feel like, oh, this is always just going to like be fun and feel fun and feel exciting. And no, there's plenty of days we didn't want to do the work we had to do, but we were willing to like kind of slap ourselves around a little bit and, and really say, if we want to actually take things to the next level, we've got to be willing to, to separate, or separate ourselves and like figure some things out that don't always feel good. Rewinding back to... Well, I guess not necessarily the beginning, but do you remember maybe in, in the first couple of years, when did you feel like you had traction and this was working? Mm-hmm. Honestly, and, and a little slant on your question, like the, the time I started to feel like a real entrepreneur is when I learned how to network effectively. When I actually learned how to effectively network from a business standpoint, I felt- When, when was that? My early 20s. It was pretty quickly because I was willing to like go do it really yeah. bad and like figure it out. Craig's way more of the analytic. I'm way more of the bull in the china shop, like willing to take action, not be great initially, be humble and figure it out. But I really, it was this very freeing phase of like, man, I can like go and network even as a young 22 year old punk college student. It's like, if I can go learn how to have the self image to say hi to, you know, professional six figure earning engineers and like get to know them, understand their needs, share more about myself and my story and my skill set. Like the world is my playground <laughs> and I didn't have to necessarily be an amazing business owner yet, but I felt like I was on the trajectory to get there. And that felt extremely empowering. Yeah. I don't, I don't know when that happened for me. I mean, I'm such a grinder analytically that it's like a hundred was better than nothing. And 200 was better than 100, you know, and it was just like this 
this incremental growth. I think when we got to a space where, um, you know, Carrie was able to step away from work, you know, and we'd actually replaced a real income. It's like, wow, this is, we should do more of this, you know, like we should triple down, you know? And so we, we did like, we, we didn't own a television for a decade. We don't have never had cable. Like, I mean, we just like for us creating the life we wanted felt more valuable than like watching someone else live on TV. <laughs> and so like the work ethic was just there because we wanted to create like a really magical life. And so I think I, I'm surprised how few people are really willing to commit to create the life they want. Right. And it's like, if you really want to create success, whatever you're dabbling in right now, or you're creating some success in freaking go after it, like watch more YouTube videos than everybody else, like reach out to more people than everybody else. Just put more time in than other people. And like, you'll be able to create success. You just, you got to like do what all the other people aren't willing, I guess. Maybe you've made that point already. So yeah. Earn it. Right. Yeah. So what is a like perfect week or maybe a day, wh whatever interval you want to share. So for, for some people, I, I like to not sit at my desk uh, most of the time. Mm -hmm. So if I could go outside, that's great. So yeah. What does it look like for you two and your family? I can start. I mean, I think today is a pretty perfect and relatable day for mm -hmm. how we live. Yeah. Um, got up and played with my daughter, took her to the library came back, was on a, a great podcast, Yeah. Um, took the kids to the pool. Now we're on your podcast. Um, I'll do a little business after this. I'm going to go play pickleball for a couple hours later tonight and then jump on a couple calls and coach some people in the evening. So like, it's interesting. A lot of people think very binary, like I'm a stay at home mom or I'm a working mom. And like, there's so much fluidity Yeah. and to be able to float in and out of like mom mode, entrepreneur mode, sister mode, pickleball player mode, whatever it is. <laughs> and I'm not like a good pickleball player. It's, I just happen to be playing tonight, but that's a really, really exciting experience. And, you know, at 22, when I started my first wave of side hustles, that was like the flexibility and the dynamic I was really hoping for. So the, the autonomy, right? Yeah. Yeah. To be able to do work that you love, but customize it when you want to do it and like with who. Um, so this morning I got up and um, Augustine and I, my son and I, we went to uh, put, we took an adventure and we packed a backpack and everything. And we uh, went and put pennies on the train track, which are like a quarter mile away, but it's like through the woods and up, you know, the train track. So it was like this big adventure to him because he's, you know, going to be four next month. And so, uh, yeah, I came back and then I got to do some work on some of the technical stuff I'm working on and fundraising. And um, actually I emailed an attorney about something that probably wasn't that exciting. Uh, <laughs> And then, uh, yeah, podcast, pool podcast. Here we are, right? And I've got basketball on the docket tonight. So, um, and I don't play that well either. But <laughs> it's not about like like that for us. I, I love to be challenged. Like I love to be pushed. I love to grow. And I think like we have done some of the things we've done, especially the last two years, like writing the book or the podcast, because like we just wanted to grow. We just wanted to get better. Impact people. Yeah. And we're also cool. And I'm sure you feel this way and hopefully your audience, like learn how to be okay with like at the fringe of your competence. Like if, if you're always at the fringe of your competence, but you're like dialed in and like excited to learn, it's like awesome. You know, I was on a call yesterday with somebody who's like super brilliant in the IT space. And I'm just like, trying to keep up. And it's like, I, I hope they don't ask me any questions. Cause like, I don't know what this guy's talking about, you know? And I'm just like trying to look cool. 
but it's like, man, that's how you get pushed. Like, that's how you get better. I mean, yeah. our, our editor once told Carrie, I hate this on like one of our sections of our book. And it's like, okay, like, how do we noted noted, duly <laughs> noted, clearly you're not from the Midwest. We don't talk like that, but, um, but it's like, uh, you know, great. How do we use that as energy to get better versus like feeling bad? Like, so you started doing SEO and you suck or you've, you feel like you're not getting the traction you want. Great. Get better. Like develop the skill. If you have the skill that like you have or other people who've done it well, you'll succeed. You just might not have the skill yet. So get excited about that. Then it's, then it's more fun. And the whole journey is like energizing versus like this weight. Painful. Yeah. That's like, people oh, make it so painful. Oh, it's so hard. <laughs> it is hard, but like, yeah, if you're going to get like, we talk about, uh, uh, adventure is add venture. Like that's literally the breakdown of the word, right? So if you're going to get on a roller coaster and hate it, like don't go on a roller coaster, but like business ownership is an adventure, not a, not a walk in the park. So yeah. 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 It's definitely challenging. And when you don't have a boss telling you what to do, you have to figure out some things on your own and prioritize. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, it can be a train wreck sometimes. So that's just the way it yeah. is. Yeah. And it's like the most rewarding thing if you're, if you're able to push through it. I mean, we feel at least. Yeah, yeah definitely. Okay. So we're, we're coming towards the end before we get to the book. I want to talk about some of the financial, um, I guess you do some consulting or advisement. Is that right, Craig? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Okay. I mean, in banking for 15 years, you've seen some things. I've seen a lot of different businesses. Um, I've got a unique perspective because of that. Like, I mean, people want to be at these businesses that are like golf courses and restaurants. It's like pickles, do pickles, like super high margin. Every pickle balance sheet I've ever seen is like sick. In every a good pickle way. balance sheet. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Every pickle. <laughs> I don't mean pickleball. Like every, like, it's just like low cost, high margin. You take yeah. the cucumber, you stick it in, you add vinegar, boom, you've got a product. And it's just an example of the way people are so trained to think about like a fancy product to be a business when it doesn't have to be sexy. So anyways, yeah. you were going with a question and I cut you off, I think. No, that's all right. That I didn't know. And I, honestly, I don't know if you were speaking metaphorically with pickles or you're literally talking about cucumbers <laughs> and pickles, but we'll leave that as a mystery. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, okay. So th the question, the question that I want to yeah. ask is, uh, so I'm, I, I am, uh, in the financial independence community as well. Yep. And I, I don't know cool. if we, we haven't talked about that before. So I'm curious, yeah. you know, you, you guys have some real estate and obviously you're reinvesting in the business. You have multiple branches, you're doing lots of stuff. So for maybe people that are looking to, you know, think about planning, maybe they haven't gotten into it yet. I'm curious what, I mean, I have my own opinions, but I'm curious what your advice is for someone. And I'll lay out a scenario so you can yeah. I guess give advice to a specific kind of person. So let's say they're in their uh, like late twenties. They have a decent corporate job. They're making good money. They 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 see there's other things and they want to have a side hustle. They're thinking financial independence in the future, not working until they're sixty five. So what what would be a few steps to push them in the right direction? Yeah. So this, we have a lot of opinions on it. And I'm, I'm guessing we would align if you're an engineer, I grew up in a very engineering male dominated family, but uh, <laughs> the, uh, the idea is to lower your costs, 
the easier it is to step away. Right. And so, um, we see people buy a lot of superfluous stuff and it just ends up adding to their overhead to create their freedom. So they actually end up working in slavery to pay for the stuff that they live in when it's unnecessary. And so, um, we talk a lot in the book about something called life set, which mindset is our way of thinking, right? Life set is our way of living and our choices. And so a lot of people can read the fancy content, but then they fail to apply it. And so one of the things we're really big fans of is like having a strong life set. So then you can build something significant outside of that. And one of the components of that is, is finances in your career. So like if you're in your late twenties or whatever age you are, and you've got a good career, save, put the money in the 401k, do that. But if you want financial independence, now you have to go another level in terms of thinking. And there has to be some form of investment monetarily and time-wise to like go next level. Um, and so that's where I think a lot of people get tripped up and there's not a lot of coaching on that. Um, we talk a lot in the book about how to keep your job and do well and succeed and simultaneously succeed in the evenings and weekends, because that's not, I think that topic isn't talked about enough and like how to manage your time and balance your energy and like resources and, and how much to invest and things like that. Um, so our, my biggest advice up front, don't buy a fancy car. Don't spend money on stupid shit. Realize it's not going to make you happy. It's not going to fill the gaping hole you have in your life from some random thing that happened in childhood. Like don't do it. Uh, stay focused on things that make you happy, stay healthy, um, and kick butt. And you'll feel a lot of enjoyment from the adventure of the journey versus like, I need this thing to like, make me happy. Um, awesome. so that would be my, my quick, like once over, but do you want to add to that care? Yeah, that was all solid. I think the one addition I would make though, is if you are empowering yourself and actually building entrepreneurial mindset and growing skills, you should also scale your career and grow into a higher paying job. Because if you make more on your plan A and your primary job, it only helps you scale out of it even more quickly. And it actually helps create more seed money for your side hustle, which is very, very valuable. So great advice. So do you want, do you want to add anything onto that? I mean, or do you disagree with any of that or anything you would twist to that? Oh, I mean, it's your podcast, right? Yeah. So thank you for asking. I, yeah. yes, I agree. Don't buy shit you don't need. I have like a 15 year old truck and it's been paid off for a very long time. So, you know, there's some things I do like now that, you know, what, sure. I'll, I'll spend money on things that I know I really enjoy or that are like yeah. good, you know, food, right? Like I'll spend money on food. You're putting that in your body and all that kind of stuff. So totally. there's some things that I know that are, are really good. Um, one thing I know that I screwed up on when I was in my twenties and until I kind of got my shit together, it was just like mm -hmm. not understanding my expenses. And it's really easy, mm -hmm. especially if you have a decent income to just spend a little too much and not really pay attention. You're spending with your, with your friends and peers. And then you realize like, Oh, I'm doing a bunch of things that I don't really enjoy. I'm wasting my money. I had no clue like what was going in and what was coming out, but it worked out okay. Cause I made enough, but I wasn't saving. So if you understand your expenses then, and I think Craig, you were kind I mean, you said it implicitly um, in there where if you get your expenses low, then you're going to be okay. But uh, first step, a lot of people just don't know where their money is going. 
Yeah. yeah. So we have a budget um, on our website, tandemconsulting.co. Just click on the freebies or the free giveaways there. And it's a budget designed specifically for people who are side hustling. Um, it's not complicated. I mean, anyone can replicate it very simply, but at least it's there and it's a template. And doing that budget will force you to look at reality um, because burying your head in the sand doesn't make the hurricane go away. Like the hurricane's coming, right? And so so many smart people we meet that it's like, why didn't you refinance your house? Like, why do you have that debt? Like, at least flip it to the credit card interest free for a year. And like, you know, I mean, just so many things that people aren't managing. And that so many people aren't taught in all fairness, you totally. know, until they meet someone who's successful and can hopefully capture that. But yeah, I think that's the, I mean, I speak from the liberal studies background. Yeah. So, so many things I wasn't taught formally yeah. and yeah, making sure that it's a priority to learn it and not just be terrified of it and ignore it because it only makes the hurricane get bigger and faster. So, right. Yeah. All right. So obviously there, it's a deep topic. People can listen yeah. to a whole podcast series on financial uh, advice and that sort of thing. So, all right, you guys have a book coming out. Tell us about it. What can people expect from the book? I think we've talked about the book really. You've did a great job asking questions. We've, we've uh, interlaced it, but uh, we just, there's so many people out there that don't have the right setup to win. And so they go out to build a side hustle and they're so focused on the what, or they're just like, I want to make money. And it's like a short term, like uh, immediate gratification thing. And it's just like, we've seen so many people fail. We've seen patterns and we've helped people win. We've seen people win who step away from corporate America. And so it's like, we want to talk about those patterns and that mindset and like help people, even if you're going to hit the rumble strips, like don't go into the ditch. Right. Um, and so it's, it's more about how to use side hustling and business ownership as a means to create a magical life. Um, not how do I be a billionaire and here's a bajillion ideas. So if you're looking for a bunch of random ideas, probably not, don't read our book. Like, honestly, there's better ones out there. Um, but if you're looking for how to evaluate and think through what's the right business model for you, then that's where we want to try to play, uh, and also help you define what your goals are and what you really want to create, um, why you're even side hustling to begin with. So um, that's a little bit of it. Um, maybe Carrie, you want to add some more thoughts of things that are in the book that might be helpful for people? Yeah. Well, and then there's just a lot of tactical, practical things like funding your venture, how to develop strong business partnerships, um, how to actually brand yourself, how to actually leverage social media, how to grow yourself internally, how to make decisions, which we laugh because entrepreneurship is so much in the day to day, just decision after decision, Problem solving after problem solving, which requires decisions. Which, and which most of us aren't trained. Yeah, on. most people aren't actually formally trained. trained to do that. And so a lot of very practical elements that would help people in any industry level up. Very cool. Awesome. Well, where can people get this book? Um, yeah, so they can go to our website, tandemconsulting.co, um, Barnes & Noble, Goodreads, Amazon, really most of the bookstores, the book outlets, it's out there. So it is It is officially launched as of a couple weeks ago. Yeah, finally. So it took awesome. forever. But Congrats. <laughs> Very cool. Thank you. All right. Well, thanks, Craig and Carrie. Really appreciate it. And we'll put links uh, so it's easy for everyone to uh, find your site and the book as well. So thanks a lot. Yeah, yeah you thank bet. you so much. Great to meet you. Great hanging out. Thanks a lot to Carrie and Craig. Really appreciate the time. And you can check out their book 
out there, which is an actual real book. This is not a self-published situation. This is published by McGraw-Hill Education, and it's called So You Want to Start a Side Hustle. Build a business that empowers you to live your life your way. It's even a hardcover situation, so you can check it out. It's, of course, available on Kindle or other electronic book formats. We'll put a link in the show notes and description here, and you can get to all their stuff via their Linktree, well, I guess just the Linktree page. So we'll put that out there too. They have some pretty awesome articles and a podcast, a YouTube channel, Instagram, all the usual suspects. So if you want to connect further with Carrie and Craig, just have a look at the link tree and some of the other links that we have in the show notes there. So I'm not going to ramble on too much today. I'll just let you get back to it and I'm going to do that as well. See you in the next episode.